the Bible Rundown. We're so glad you joined us today. Day 153, 2 Chronicles 17 through 18, and John 13. Rob, there is a ton in these passages, a lot of Let's get it. interesting things. Chapter 17, Jehoshaphat, excuse me, Jehoshaphat. With the PH. Uh, with the PH, that's right. Fat with the PH. He, he's now king himself over Israel. Yeah. And we're told in verse 3 that the Lord was with him because he walked in the ways of his father, David, doesn't seek the Baals. Things sound to be going pretty good. He's courageous yeah. in the Lord. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on. And then this interesting connection in verse 7 that he sends these officials with the law of the Lord or the book of the law. And they go into the cities and teach the people. That sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. And the result of that teaching of the law and the scriptures of what the Lord has said. And the fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that they were around Judah. And they made no war against Jehoshaphat. It's interesting that the fear of the Lord is a response to the reading of God's word. I think we have come into an information age in today's world in which we have so much information coming through. So much information on the internet, on our phones, on news channels, we can on Facebook feeds, whatever it is. We have all this information and yet... We've neglected to understand who the Lord is through the scriptures. And so our people in this nation, in this world, are overloaded with information. And yet, they do not fear the Lord because they don't know the Lord. Well, in the way that we teach the Lord or what we preach, does it elicit fear and out of respect and honor? Or does it make us feel like God's just somebody that anybody can cozy up to, right? And I think part of it is That's good. We, we divorce ourselves of preaching the message of the hope that we have in God because of His grace and His mercy with the fear of God that comes about because He is holy and totally set apart from us. We lose those aspects of understanding the nature of God. Then all of a sudden, it's, it's really not a God to be feared mm. or even respected, Right? Yeah, I can I can pick and choose them when I want, but the the nation's going well until chapter eighteen, and Jehoshaphat right. teams up with Ahab, the, king of the northern kingdom, the wicked so, Samaria, Jezebel's husband. Those that haven't been listening with us, Samaria is synonymous with the northern kingdom or Israel, and so Ahab is king over there. What happens in chapter eighteen, and what what does it mean for us? Yeah, we've got the uh, the story of Micaiah, Micaiah, no Micaiah, no, uh, yeah Micaiah, and we've got the story of the the one prophet. And the deceiving spirits that come to the other prophets, so only one is giving the word of the Lord. Wait, you said evil spirits? Deceiving spirits. Deceiving spirits. spirits. What, is, what is that? We've talked about this. Remember? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're going to talk about Judas and Satan entering the Judas. So what, what's going on in the supernatural side of things? Yeah, so the Lord is... I mean, we, get, we do have a picture here 
Um, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne and all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab, the king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth-Gilead? And one said one thing and another said another. Then the spirit came forward, stood before the Lord, saying, I will entice him. And the Lord said to him, By what means? And he said, I will go out and will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, You are to entice him and you shall succeed. Go out and do so. Mm. Now therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of, of those prophets. The Lord has declared disaster concerning you. So, yes, did the Lord have a deceiving spirit? Yes, he did. But did he declare the truth of and reveal to um, Ahab what he was going to do? Yes. Yeah. He ultimately did. So... Was God wrong in sending a deceptive spirit? It was the way in which God worked to pronounce his judgment upon Ahab. Yeah. And uh, it goes... and I think one of the things that we have to understand here is Ahab was such a wicked man. He was very deceptive himself. And so God used what Ahab had done against him, himself to... To pronounce a judgment because number one was Ahab inquiring of the Lord because he wanted to do God's purposes or was he inquiring of the Lord for his own benefit you see what I'm saying and so the deceptiveness is actually Ahab inquiring of the Lord what he ought to do in his wickedness so He's got all these prophets of Baal. He's worshiping these idols. His wife is Jezebel. And yet he's inquiring of the Lord. Why? Well, because he knows the Lord is true, but he doesn't worship him. Mm. And so he's using the Lord against, uh, for his own purposes. And the Lord's not having that. Yeah. So the big term that we sometimes use amongst us as pastors, right? We call it like a compatibilist will. So God is not overriding what Ahab wanted. Ahab was hardened towards the Lord. Right. So the Lord works in conjunction with his will so that God's will can be done without violating Ahab's free will. Right? Yeah. And he does the same with us. He's going to do the same with Judas. Right. It's not that Judas was just uh, converted to be an evil man by God. No, his... His heart was already hardened towards the Lord. We saw that when Mary was anointing Jesus' feet the other day. Yeah, right? and he was trying he to false motives. steal the money for himself. And so God doesn't violate our free will. He actually just says, I know your heart. And that's what you're going to choose and what you desire to choose. Right. And so I'll work in coordination with it. <clears throat> Same where we go back to the very early episodes. Did Pharaoh harden his heart or did the Lord harden it? Right. Well, both. Pharaoh's heart was hardened towards the Lord. Right. And so as the Lord continued to show favorable signs to Israel, he becomes more hardened. And so God can be given credit as saying he hardened Pharaoh's heart. It's, it's a challenging concept, but in the end, Ahab has rejected the Lord. The Lord has rejected Ahab. Mm-hmm. And they go to battle. We, we had this earlier episode. He's wounded in battle and dies. Jehoshaphat. Uh, and the next chapters is going to institute some reforms, but it's interesting, right? Like, the give and take in these northern and southern kingdoms, when they team up, we can talk about this more in the tomorrow's episode, but does Jehoshaphat seeing what happens to Ahab 
and the falsehood of not pursuing God lead to him instituting his reforms. Right. Well, we have to understand God works together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But the opposite would be true, right? He would not work for the good of those who are not called. Or he works for the good which they desire, which is to reject him, which ultimately is no good at all. But you can't sit here and say it's not what Ahab wanted. Yeah. So... At the end of the day, we love to to think, oh, well, why does God send people to hell? Well, why would God be a deceiving God here? But we never ask the question, why would Ahab inquire of the Lord when he's a ball worshiper? Right. We need to ask that question. Yeah. He, because he's deceptive. Well, why would Judas... Because he wants to use God. Right. Why would Judas, what we're about to read, want to betray the only begotten Son of God, seeing all the good that he's done? And the benefits that he could have reaped had he been. Or why would he why would he want to follow Jesus if he really doesn't want to follow him? Yeah. For his own benefit, right? He thought Jesus was gonna be uh the 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 conquering hero of Rome and he would have a lot of money. And that brings us into John thirteen. Judas was there, Rob, according to John's account, when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. <coughs> so is even though these Men and women reject the Lord. Does the Lord ever really show just an utter rejection? We have that verse where God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. Yeah. And here, I mean, Judas is, is seeing a picture of God's mercy, even though he, he will be the ultimate betrayer. Yeah. It's, image it's, for our own service, it's, right? It's, Who are we to deny serving anyone? If right. Christ himself is going to serve the one who betrays him. Yeah, and serving and loving him. I mean, all of these things, you know, I mean, he's, he's on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they not know what they do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think, you know, it probably after Judas receives the 30 pieces of silver, it just comes comes over him. Right, emotionally, it comes over him with, with the fact that he has betrayed the person who has loved him deeply. You know. Yeah. So, Judas, it's interesting. But there are overwhelming positives here, right? Um, verse seventeen, when he's talking about being a servant that's not greater than your master, the one who does these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Right? So there's a blessing that comes through service. And then the final commands that Jesus gives his disciples, verse 34 through 35. Rob, how is the church known as the church of Christ? Through love for one another. Right. And so we talked about the importance of covenanting with God's people to know the Lord and to serve him. Right. That, that covenant is all rooted around responding to God's love for us loving God and loving others. I think Jesus said that was the greatest commandment, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So the gut check for us is like, do you do really, we love, really love, love people? God's people. God's period. people? Do you and love he, all people? Yeah, I mean, all people. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, oh, I, 
had to sneeze. Sorry. I, uh, <clears throat> but like the the idea is that do you truly love God's people, the church? But in this in this whole story, you see God's love for the lost people. You see God's love for His enemies. So it's really a love for people, like you said, and created in the image of God. Um, that's hard to do. It's impossible to do if we don't have the love of Christ first changed in our hearts, right? Otherwise, we're all but Judas, rejecting exactly. Christ. So we, we die daily. Die daily, and it's all by the grace of God. By so the grace God of God, that He's made us humble through the gospel, right? And in that humility, it's a healthy humility that allows us to be able to love others. And when we think we us. can do it, then guess what, Peter? Peter is a great example. We think we we will never betray Christ. We will never. I will follow you anywhere. I'll lay down my life for you. Well, he denied him three times. Or, when we try and do it on our own, we yeah. we fail. Or go back even earlier. What we read the other day, we become Asa, prideful, and we forsake the Lord. Good Bible rundown. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>